been a long day. Grab a beer and sit back. It's time for Brew Talk. Here's Scott Chad and the Brew Doctor himself, Dr. Michael Mosier. Happy Brews Day, everybody. We're live for another edition of Brew Talk, live from beautiful Midtown Greeley, Colorado. It's been a great autumn day, but it seems to be clouding over a little bit now. The weather seems to be changing a bit. It does indeed. Um, but that's okay, because mm-hmm. it, it is fall, and snow's going to be, be coming here pretty soon. 85 degrees in, right. in, in autumn, and we're drinking a great... Oktoberfest beer from our special guest, which we'll introduce here shortly. But uh, Doc's back with us this week. Mm-hmm. Doc, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, awesome. Glad to be back, that's for sure. We're happy to have you back. Scott, welcome back from your travels <laughs> to California. <laughs> Looks like you had some good times. I did. Um, I got to have Visited a couple a of beers. Is it a place that had the great, the what, what was it, the biggest? The, the biggest display of, of, of beer cans. In the world, or at least the U.S., I don't remember what the sign said, but it was, uh, yeah, it was in Livermore, California, and just happened to walk into this place. It was called Ale House. Had to go, and I thought you were going to say it was at some frat boys' uh, <laughs> dorm room, but or you know, I happened it was to, the pyramid. Yeah, the pyramid. I happened to look up on accidentally the accidentally knocked it over. <laughs> no, and I look up on the wall, and there's this sign, and I go into this other room that has it all in these display cases. And I literally had to do two panorama photos just to try and capture it all. And as I'm doing the first one, one of the wait staff comes in. She goes, well, don't forget to check out the other room. I'm like, wait, oh, the other oh. room? <laughs> so there's wow. just and it was ginormous, but there was a lot of beer cans there. Well, it had to be fun to, to create that collection. I, I can only imagine, but it was pretty cool. And then in the main serving area, where their bar was, they had tap handles, literally that just lined the top of the restaurant. Space. Did they have a lot of taps, or did they? Uh, just... They had about twenty, okay, twenty-four, so I mean, a decent a amount. amount. And they were from all over. They had some local stuff. They had some imported stuff. So it was kind of you know they had a much bigger you know can selection than they did from a tap. But and, and I'm assuming all the cans in this big can collection were all. Different. Oh yeah, it wasn't all. No, no, no. Keystone was, light. No, it was all. It was there was not a replica of any can anywhere in the collection. That's it was cool. they were all unique, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that's fun amazing. to see. That is awesome. Yeah, we've got a special guest tonight. Yeah, um, from Mash Lab Brewing. Let's let them introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about. What what they're at, what they're about? Yeah, well, uh, my name's Adam Glazer. Uh, I'm head brewer over at Mash Lab Brewing Kitchen. Uh, I've been there for almost a whole year now, so I'm still kind of still got a little bit new. <laughs> still a little bit new there, but uh, definitely have uh, been uh, uh, making my impact there. You know, trying to you know, make some really fun uh, brews. Um, uh, I've been in the industry for what 15 years now 15 16 years i kind of lost count <laughs> it happened <laughs> all the days just kind of blend together <laughs> yep that's right absolutely um yeah uh it's been a lot of fun over at mash lab you know they they really just kind of um handed me a brewery and just said 
Okay. Here, do your thing. Yeah. Go. Nice. Uh, make make the beer good. I think that's kind of a brewer's dream, isn't it? <laughs> uh, a pretty bit. much it is. <laughs> I mean, Here, why not? Just do your thing. Yep. Yeah. Just kind of let me have the reins and um you know, with uh you know, they had some, you know, core beers that, you know, of course had to stick around, but right. they said if you want to tweak recipes, if you want to uh change things up a little bit with these, you know, whatever you think needs to happen, it needs to happen. So That's just, great. That's just do. Awesome. Yeah. So my first experience with Mash Lab was when it first opened up, mm-hmm. it was a little tiny I don't. It was like a nano brewery at the first, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like yeah. So one and a half barrels or something. Uh, like? One barrel. Yeah, that was back in 2016. Yeah. Um, and it had the hot rod shop behind it. Yeah, yeah. Pinky's hot rod. Yeah. So, and that's uh, still uh, still there. The garage is still open uh, as a tap room now. Um, they very quickly went from the the one barrel up to a three barrel system, um, and had uh, Ryan Joy was uh, the brewer mm-hmm. uh, back then, and. Uh, um then in uh 2020 they uh brought in a new uh uh investor slash now he's uh an owner and owner. very active in the in the business um to help make uh the larger building uh a re- a reality and have the kitchen and everything and so now we have a we're on a timber barrel system uh six fermentation vessels three bright tanks um and uh, a full service restaurant. Uh, That's uh, with, great. Yeah, the the food is really great too. It's um, uh, kind of a perfect world. Uh, we smoke all of our own meats, so um, you know, pulled pork and uh, uh, smoked pastrami and kind of a barbecue. Menu, um, or is it no, just... it's it's not really a barbecue uh, menu though. Uh, the only thing that you really call uh, barbecue on there would probably be the uh, the pulled pork. But, okay. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, you know, we have chicken wings that are, uh, put on the smoker. Got and, a little bit of, yeah, kind of, kind of bit of everything. And, you know, they're, uh, using that to, you know, the, the pastrami is, you know, kind of more, cl- uh, more like a Reuben. And, oh yeah. 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 Gotcha. But that's great. Yeah. Great, great food for pairing with beers. Yeah, absolutely. So where'd you get your start? Um, you said 15 years. Yeah. Uh, so I got into it through uh home brewing, like, uh, most most guys in the industry do. Um, uh, at the time, I was working in the electronics industry um, and just absolutely hated hated my work. After getting laid off twice by the same company, <laughs> oh, yeah, I was back during the uh, the tech bubble. Um, uh, decided to take my uh, my severance pay and unemployment and go back to school. I uh, got my degree in brewing science with uh, Siebel Institute. And was uh, brewing with uh, Rock Bottom in South Denver. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so spent a couple of years there. Uh, then um, got an opportunity over at Fort Collins Brewery when they still existed. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, joined on with them and was helping. Uh, I was there when they were just starting to uh, move everything over into the new building. The new building. and Yeah. Kind of like what Mash Lab did. They kind of expanded into that building mm-hmm. and added a restaurant. And- yeah, mm-hmm. except Mash Lab did it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there um, you go. You said it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I uh, ended up uh, uh, taking on the head brewer, brewer role, role over at um, at uh, Fort Collins Brewery. Uh, I was there for uh, five and a half-ish years. Um, then uh, 
it was you know just time to move on get mm-hmm. get myself into something a little bit more uh creative and uh so i i found an opportunity with uh jagged mountain craft brewery down in oh, uh, downtown sure, yeah. denver know yeah. them yeah and i uh, had a, a really great experience with them uh i was with them for four and a half or so years i can't remember now um and you know you know, just got to, you know, had a really great opportunity recreating all their recipes. Uh, they had had a falling out with another brewer that, you know, kind of just left them high and dry. And mm-hmm. so they, they were in need of uh, some serious help. Um, then after uh, doing that commute for that whole time, so I, I still lived up here in Fort Collins. Oh, my. Yeah, you're based so, in northern Colorado then? Yeah. Yeah. So I was uh, on, on I-25 every day. And yeah. That just... Um, <laughs> That'll wear on you real quick. Oh yeah, yeah. It it it, uh, it made you want to drink some beer by, by the time you got home. Every time. I can imagine, uh, or drink some beer before, just in anticipation of the, <laughs> the, the horrors you'd see. One hundred three point one and thirteen ten KFK does not endorse or recommend drinking before driving. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, but thank uh, you, Scott. <laughs> um, uh, uh, so. Then uh, it you know it kind of became one of those things. I was uh, marrying my wife, and we wanted to start a family. And it was kind of coming to the realization like oh, I can't really do this and have, can't have children yeah, do and all that and, do all yeah. that. So um, left uh, Jagged Mountain, took a role with uh, Prost Brewing, and uh, yeah. that was something that you know I was um, helping them transition. They were uh, going into contract brewing, mm-hmm. and uh, so I. Uh, put them in touch with uh, the guys over at Red Truck. Uh, took over mm-hmm. Fort Collins Brewery since I commissioned all the equipment over there, which has um, since changed again. Hasn't yeah, it? now it's Sweetwater. Sweetwater, yeah, yep. And uh, um, so helped scale all their recipes and help move uh, move everything over. Uh, then the pandemic hit, and uh, everything fizzled up for a while. Everything changed. Yeah. Everything changed. Yeah, the whole landscape. Um, and then, uh, so then just recently, uh, about, uh, I guess two years ago now, uh, I took on, uh, 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 the, the brewer role over at, uh, Black Bottle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, worked with him for a little while. And, uh, then the, the Mash Lab thing opened up and it was, uh, just seemed like a, a better fit. And, uh, so now I'm there. So Great. I've kind of, kind of bounced all over kinda the place. Kind of bounced all over the place. And yeah. But... Learned Lots something. of great experience. It's, yeah, yes. it's a mm-hmm. great way to learn stuff everywhere you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've brewed on countless number of systems now, uh, ranging from the, the the highest end cutting edge Rolex equipment down to uh, stuff in China that you wouldn't give to your worst enemy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, where you're dealing with a three vessel system and only one pump. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. <laughs> doc, doc feels for you. Yeah. We can't can't run off a, a a batch of beer and sparge at the same time, mm-hmm. which that gets uh, tricky. <laughs> or you 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 figure out a way to make it work by adding extra pumps and stuff like that. Yeah, and extra yeah. Piping we and put in an instant hot water heater for that yep. to to get that that issue dealt with but i mean that's kind of the business isn't it you, there's always well that's why i always you, you like work it, at the yeah. gr- you go and you work with the taj mahal of systems or kitchens in my you know my experience 
and then you go and work at you know the basement and things you're rigging everything you can mm-hmm. and using butter knives to fix <laughs> fix if, what you can or yep. you know if, adding <laughs> pumps or if you like tinkering in the garage this is a great career <laughs> absolutely that's is. right that's that's a very, very the restaurant and brewing system brewing industries i think are very similar where it's you know you you, you expect the unexpected you know what you need to get done and you have to figure out a way to make it work with what you got. With what you got. Yep. And sometimes what you got is, is, not is work. the bottom, and you, you just you figure <laughs> it out anyway, and you mm-hmm. make it work. Mm-hmm. Get creative. So let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk more with uh, about Mash Lab and what's going on, and uh, stick around. Maybe try a different beer. Maybe try a different beer. Yeah. Welcome back to Brew Talk, where we drink beer and talk beer and drink and, more beer. And learn about uh, bailing wire and gum. And, and learn about <laughs> bailing wire and gum. We're visiting with Adam from Mash Lab Brewing, who is the head brewer, correct? Yes, sir. Um, so tell us a little bit about Mash Lab itself. Uh, so uh, Mash Lab itself, uh, 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 like we were saying before, uh, opened in uh, 2016 in a... Uh, 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 hot rod garage, uh, Pinky's Hot Rods. Uh, so the owners, uh, Eric and Kristen, are uh, beer enthusiasts along along with being car um, enthusiasts. Yeah, uh, car enthusiasts to the extreme. Uh, he's a uh, uh, world famous uh, hot rod builder. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it's amazing. And in, in the one year I've been there, I still haven't seen a single car get finished. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And every single one of them in there is more expensive than my house. So uh, there's that's what I always thought was fun about visiting Mash Lab in the old mm-hmm. when it first started was you see all these people in all these cars in the garage while you're drinking the beers, but yep. very f- seldomly did you see people working on the cars. You know, well, it's, and there's and it's, a lot of cars in there, and it's yeah, and it's it's very slow, meticulous work. Yeah, and uh, you know. It, it's it's really funny because everybody would always say to me, "Well, how do you have so much pa- patience for this, Adam? Like, it it can take like a month to two months, heck, sometimes five months for a beer to get ready." And like, oh yeah, even some take two years when I'm barrel aging. Like, yeah, how how do you how do you put up with that? And I'm over there looking at these cars and. And like, yeah, this will be ready about five years. Uh, this one will be ready in uh, three and a half years. By um, it's moving pretty quick. And like, my God, the patience! Like the people that are buying these cars. So it's it's not at do. all building hot rods. It's not at all like the TV shows you see. No, it is where not. they no, have no. It's six weeks right. to build this uh, car out, and no, it's it, uh, it's a very it's different. It's a world. lot of yeah. They, apparently, they can do it faster, but. Um, I haven't but seen that. But to do it right. To right. do it to do it right, um to do it the way that Pinkies does cars, it's uh it's a very painstaking, meticulous process. They'll take the they'll put the engine block in and take it out five to six times during the, the process of the build, yeah. which wow. just blows me away. Um Yeah, so the uh the uh the tap room is still open. You know, it's no longer the brewery. Um, just and a so, tap room at this yeah, point. Just yeah, just a tap room that's available for events and everything else. So, um, you know, we have a lot of graduation parties, wedding receptions, um, 
uh, everything in between, um, and then uh, uh, the full full restaurant and kitchen now. Um, in terms of uh, the beers, you know, everything is kind of uh, most everything we do is uh, uh, focused around really approachable beers. Um, we keep a couple hazy IPAs on. Um, our number one seller, which I, I did bring along, we can break into that a little bit, is our uh, Palisade Peach Tune-Up. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, so we you know, kind of have a, a, a pretty good wide variety of uh, different flavors. Um, uh, and uh, you know, just a very, very open, you know, family-friendly sort of environment. So what would you say your favorite style of beer to kind of brew or create is mine uh my well to to create is uh the experimental stuff yeah uh so things that expand my knowledge that i have to go and go and pour through documents and, yeah. and and you know find you know find other people that have done something similar and then try to adapt that into what i'm doing um uh, so uh, one thing, uh, one fun beer that uh, they want to do this uh, this last year was um, uh, they're getting ready for a car show, and they wanted a car, uh, a beer that looked like a hot rod paint job. Ooh, yeah. And uh, but still was you know very uh, very muscular beer. Yeah. So like okay, well let's do a West Coast IPA, and um, I'm going to my man right there West Coast <laughs> IPA. Yeah, yeah. Yep, uh, and. Uh, we ended up with a West Coast Double IPA. I used butterfly pea flowers in it uh, to uh, to color the beer purple, and oh, then geez. and then didn't stop there. Uh, got it super bright, and then threw in a bunch of uh, silver uh, uh, food grade glitter. So when you pour the beer, you, we used a, a tall uh, Pilsner glass. So you get a lot of bubbles kind of flowing up through it, and that would stir the sparkles around. So it, it really looked like a, a hot rod paint hot rod job paint in, the, job in the glass with hmm. the purple and the yep. That's wow, cool. that's cool. And it looked nothing like what it drank like. It was you know, very aggressively hoppy and yeah, um, you know, what nine and a half percent ABV. So holy cow, yeah, it gets you that's, there. <laughs> well, that's a big beer. That's a good oh, yeah. double IPA, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's it, it was solid. Um, right now, I'm working on a new project. Uh, we're going to be releasing uh, five different uh, Russian Imperial Stouts, uh, barrel-aged Russian Imperial Stouts, uh, for Thanksgiving. And uh, so we'll be um, uh, blending uh, a, a base Imperial Stout with a bunch of barrels that have been aging for some time. Uh, and then we'll be adding in uh, different flavors and doing some different fun things. So we'll have a chocolate, a, a chocolate raspberry, uh, a coffee, uh, vanilla, and uh, I think we're debating on either peanut butter or something else. But yeah, because you guys make a nice peanut butter stout too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's one of our cult classics. There, it, um, it's one of we, my wife's favorites. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we we sell through the cans so fast. People come in and have a have a small glass of it and be like, well. I can't handle any more of that. It's so much peanut butter, but I'm taking four. <laughs> I'm taking four four packs home right. with me. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's it's one that I have a hard time keeping up with it in 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 cans. What kind of mm-hmm. barrels are you using to age these? Uh, most of the barrels are old elk. Okay, old elk whiskey. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. 
Not Very an familiar. elk. <laughs> not an elk itself. It's not, not an elk. No. It's not an actual elk. No, no, no animals are harmed in the process. Of Very good. Yeah. So if yeah. you if you had to like pick a style of beer outside of the ones that you make, what what's your go to? Um, not necessarily style, but a brand. Oh what's well, style or brand. Um, well, in terms of style, I, I really go for typically I'm either drinking something like a Pilsner mm-hmm. or um, uh, an IPA. They're really kind of the two worlds that I yeah. enjoy when I'm out and about. Um, like a West Coast style? Is, um, you know. Or you're just that's, that's Well, that, that's kind of changed a little bit with the, the whole East Coast hazy thing. Uh, I've kind of fallen in love with that style a little bit because they are a little bit more approachable with that whole juicy character. Mm-hmm. And I, um, you know, for the longest time, I really prided myself on being able to make really clear IPAs, and then mm-hmm. like had to break all the rules in my own mind to start making hazy <laughs> you IPAs. Got to make the hazy, right? And like, so I kind of, I've kind of fallen in love with that whole side of it a little bit more. So now, um, I still appreciate the uh, the the West Coast, but I've kind of, I think my palate's changed a little bit. I'm, uh, a little bit more sensitive to the bitter anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as yeah. a result of that, uh, I remember back in the day, one of my favorite breweries, uh, especially in in this area, would be Odell. Yeah, uh, between Odell and Zwei, uh, you just can't go wrong. Yeah, right. Um, uh, but I remember back in the day when I was first, you know, learning craft beers uh, before I was even a brewer, and they had their five barrel pale ale over there. And that was mm-hmm. my man. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my favorite beers oh, yeah. ever. Uh, but at the time, it was well. I was like, "Gosh, this is this is as bitter as it, I could possibly handle. I can't do anything." Like that's, <laughs> and then and then that completely went out the window. And yeah. Firestone Walker changed my mind on yeah. that. And, or Stone IPA. Or, or Stone, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, as a brewer, this is one of the my questions I love to ask brewers. We get tired sometimes you get as a as a chef, I get tired of making fancy food all the time, and I have a guilty pleasure, but as a brewer, what's your guilty pleasure beer to go to? Pap's blue ribbon there you hey, go. thank you man <laughs> over my own heart. Why did you look at me when he said that <laughs> I'm just kind of looking around the room I know, but it was very obvious that the moment he said that you pointed at him and you looked at me like. See, I, I meant nothing out front. <laughs> no, I'm just Scott. kidding. But, that's, yeah, no, but there's, there's something the funny thing it. is there's that's why there's two beers that most brewers will go to. It's Pabst Blue Ribbon or it's Coors Banquet. Yeah, and that would be the other one that I would say is yep. there. You, you go. Yeah, and I do keep in my in my garage. There is uh, there's a 24 pack of uh, Coors Banquet right now. Mostly I use that for uh, cooking brats. Yeah, because uh, I I can't possibly justify taking my own taking your own beer. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Way too much money went into that per uh, per barrel. <laughs> do do simply just boil brats in. Yeah. See, exactly. and I like to think that my history because my father worked for Coors, and so when I had to steal beers as a thirteen, fourteen, fifteen year old delinquent, it was always Coors Banquet or. Coors Light. I didn't want to mess with the Herman Josephs because I think he counted yeah. those bottles. But so I, I think I was was oversaturated with that beer at a young age that it just. Well, and didn't I'm really right there with that. you. My I, several of my uncles worked for the Coors distributor yeah. here in Greeley, and we always had Coors Banquet or Coors Light, and and uh, 
on a rare occasion, we had the Killian's Irish yeah, Red. Yeah, Killian's Irish Red oh, or, or Herman Joseph's. I, yeah. I thought Joseph's. that was fantastic. I, and that was fancy. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Herman Joseph, yeah, that was a fancy yeah, beer. I remember Absolutely. in the early 90s when Zima came out. It was like, oh. what the heck is this in those oh, bottles? That's my wife's favorite. <laughs> yeah, and that's why we went back to PBR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. That, yeah, Zima made Schmirnoff Ice look good. <laughs> that it did. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we've got a beer to actually review, and we'll talk about it when we when we come back. All right. So you stick around. Welcome back to Brew Talk, live from the Aloe Fiber Studios in lovely Midtown Greeley, Colorado. We just had a caller during the break that uh, Dennis from Longmont informed us that Henry Josephs is still on. Herman Josephs. Herman Herman. Josephs. Shame on you. I knew I was going to screw that up. I was just trying to remember Dennis from Longmont. (laughs) Good for you, as we should. Um, But Herman Josephs is still on tap at uh, a few bars, so. In in the golden area, apparently. Yeah, so that's get out uh, there and uh, check it out. Road trip. I'm going to have to find that place. There you go. Yeah, it'll be good. <laughs> Things you. Uh, the more you know. The more you know. The more yep. you know. Yep. So we got a beer to review here, which is a uh, blood orange Kolsch that Scott brought in. So yes, there's... it's actually a brand new find here up in Greeley. So one of the nice liquor stores that I stopped into said this one literally just hit their shelves recently and it's from a Crystal Springs Brewing Company but it's a Colorado brewer I believe that's what they told me I'm still trying to look for the location that they're at but this is a blood orange Kolsch so we will find that out yep um, yeah Louisville Colorado Louisville, so there, we go. there you go so they're in Louisville and that's about as much as I know about it it, it says it's citrusy crisp 4.9 alcohol by volume, so a little bit of a session beer. 22 IBUs, which kind of nice. And they are a family-owned brewery in Louisville. And it's designated as a crisp, highly, hugely, sorry, hugely refreshing Kolsch-style ale with a subtle orange aroma, citrus flavors, and just a hint of raspberry. So there we go. I love that the recommended food pairings on the can are all pictures. There's a hot dog. There's a squid. There's a slice of pizza, and then there's cheese. A squid? Well, that's what it looks like to me. <laughs> I, I'm assuming they mean calamari. It could be. I don't know. I don't know. It, that's a squid right there, isn't it? Right next to it. Sure is. Yeah. Right next I, to the hot dog. Oh, well, I assume is a hot dog. Maybe it's a sausage. I don't. I mean, if you're just feeling adventurous, you can go for just it raw. Eat it raw. I, I, I would go with the sausage. I think it's sausage bratwurst, and you know, maybe some fish. Something seafood else. I don't know. Dish? Seafood? Yeah, I don't know. I like the pictures. That's just kind of, of randomly suggesting that it, it's sometimes with we, everything. Yeah, sometimes we read too much. <laughs> so having the pictures is kind of a good yeah. thing. I do also like they've got this little graphic on the side of it where they have sort of this six-piece wheel that they talk about. You know, is it you know malt, bitter, crisp, hops, orange, mm-hmm. and citrus? And it really kind of goes into... You know, where are they leaning into? Where are they strong? And this is not a heavy malt beer, certainly not a bitter beer, at least based on their element. High on the crisp side, 
High also on the orange and the citrus side, and not as high on the hops, but definitely more than the malt. So curious to see what the professionals in the room think of it. Yeah, those are called spider diagrams, and (laughs) we use them a lot to kind of help try to figure out what the flavor of a hop is that's primarily or maybe the flavor of a malt might be. Um, Mm -hmm. I I actually like looking at those um, because I can kind of see at a glance. But then you got it. It's it's your own taste buds that are going to decide. That's so absolutely right. Even though it's there, doesn't necessarily mean it's really there. Well, it's so a little then, suggestive, isn't it? Well, I think so. Yeah. But I, that's what I was going to ask. Then, based on what they're representing, what are your reactions so, to it? So the first thing I noticed when we poured this beer, I, I really like the the white foamy head. Yeah, um, a nice light orange kind of color, and they said subtle orange. Uh, aroma and I just got smacked in the face. I was, oh, was going to say yeah, it's that, pretty. It was pretty, pretty intense. That orange aroma is is hits yes, you in the face. It was very inviting though because mm-hmm. I love blood orange in beers. I think that uh, the the oranginess I think really complements a lot of different beer styles. And uh, so then after going through it, I, I thought it was. Um, it it kind of finished little. Like the orange wasn't incorporated all the way, you know. Like the orange was there for the aroma mm-hmm. and maybe some of the flavor, but then it just sort of went away. Yeah, a, little, out. And, a little pithy. And I was thinking, yeah, the a little bit of that kind of dry thing mm-hmm. at the end was also astringency, and um, you know, that could just be the cold style itself too. That's that's trying to shine through there at the end. Uh, and the more I sip it. The better it gets, mm-hmm. yeah. so I'm I'm starting to. I, I'm going to say that fancy word. It's interesting. It's, it's interesting. interesting. <laughs> That's such a loaded word. It is. It is. We've learned um, that. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Uh, you know, the the blood orange is is right there, right up front, and uh, subtle would not be the word that I would use for it. Very mm-hmm. very kind of punchy. Um, I'm hunting for that raspberry in there, and it's just right. not there at all. Yeah, I don't but, really catch that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, it, it definitely has that kind of that, that dried-out fermentation uh, flavor that I usually get when I do allow my uh, uh, juices to ferment all the way out to completion. Um, I think that's kind of probably what's going on there. Uh, unfortunately, it's kind of an unavoidable thing if you're going to be canning your beers you then to. it you have to let it ferment all the way to completion or yeah. you'll end up with uh uh hand grenades in the in the liquor stores <laughs> <laughs> and uh that that kind of publicity doesn't go very well it doesn't it's not a good thing no not it, at all instead of pithy i'm thinking more rindy yeah yeah i can see the rind mm-hmm. uh, it made me wonder what type of uh uh, fruit puree they used if they're using whole fruit or mm-hmm. just the the fruit meat and that can make a bit a bit of a difference. Now, what'd you guys think of it? I'm getting that rindy pithiness very much at the end, um, but I don't know. If that's a bad thing. Uh, I'm trying to figure out. Again, I like the interesting. It's interesting. It is. It's mm-hmm. interesting. It makes me want to taste it again it so I can try to discover more in there. Yeah. It makes me want to say, okay, is that the Kolsch style that's coming through at the very end? See, to me, is I there... think it's more the orange than the, the Kolsch style mm-hmm. just in my – what I'm tasting. 
But I, 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 I'm going to open a second. Open can. another one. Let's do it. Just to get another another taste, because I can't quite figure out what I'm actually tasting. Yeah, in my opinion, I think it's, I think it's the fruit kind of driving that that uh, pithy or kind of that. Um, it's not. It's not quite a hot bitterness to me. No, it's. Um, it's. It's more of that fruit rind. Yeah, the uh, rind the, bitterness, the peel, that, the peel that you would get. Like it kind of reminds me of like when you try to when you're eating a, a real orange and mm-hmm. yeah, and you have to bite, bite into, into, it into it and the, get that, mm-hmm. that initial zest kind of thing. Um, and Kolsch for me is usually a you know very kind of fruit forward uh, from the, the the esters of the of the yeast and. Rarely have I ever had a Kolsch that has that that like lingering bittery thing going on. So yeah, um, um, and this doesn't have that that grainy malty character that can sometimes be a detractor in in some of these uh, lighter styles. Yeah, Scott, I I nothing really to add except for I think what I get is really that citrus bite. It is mm-hmm. that element of you know when you were talking about it too you bite into an orange or i'm thinking even you get an orange slice or an orange wedge mm. and you're biting into that orange and you when you bite into and you get a little bit of that peel and it comes with the meat of the fruit and you're chewing through that and all of a sudden you kind of get to that rind piece and it's a little bit bitter when you're, to, you're a kid at the soccer yeah. games and you got that <laughs> orange wedge in your teeth you got that mouth guard going <laughs> yeah that mouth exactly guard going. That's, right. <laughs> that's kind of what's going on it here. really is for me yeah that's well, what with I'm blood orange up. rather than yeah. just the... right right mm-hmm. and like i said there's a little to me it's a little astringency rather than bitterness at yeah. the end yeah. um which is the pithiness that you might yeah. be tasting that. Um, and the more I sip it, the more I can kind of see some some um, offshoot kind of flavors. It's making me remember things like a creamsicle. Mm, um, yes. Yeah. You know, part of it is um, – but I know that that's not there. It's just – it's making me think of that as we go through it. There, and in the nose, now I'm starting to pick up a little bit of maltiness in the nose. So mm-hmm. the more you drink it, I think the m- – like I said, it was interesting because you want to drink it yep. again, and you're still dissecting it and still looking at it and still trying to decide, you know, wow, this has got a lot of going on in it. Well, and I, I'm with Adam where they mention a hint of raspberries on the can, but I, I don't get that anywhere, which I think you run into that issue when you're you're trying to describe your beer. How much do you – put out there and how much do you just kind of let it's the consumers yeah it, it makes it makes it me wonder if if they actually did brew with some raspberry in there yeah. like like mm-hmm. trying to keep it kind of funky and yeah. uh creative uh but they they just didn't quite get enough in get there enough and, in and there. maybe yeah. they should have just kind of kept that out of the like Agree. Like, mm-hmm. if, if somebody finds it in the beer then they'll be like, like, they'll they'll like ooh, ooh, what, is little, is what is that is that <laughs> yeah but at least they didn't say beefy then, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, a hot dog water. It's a little jerky. <laughs> hot dog water. I love it. Oh, that's no good. Good old yeast autolysis. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll give our final ratings on the Blood Orange Kolsch from Crystal Springs Brewing Company. And we'll wrap up uh, another edition of Brew Talk. Stick around.
The air drums are flying in the Aloe Fiber Studios here in Midtown, Greeley, Colorado. We've got a fly-by-night, man. We've got a fly-by-night. Final thoughts before we throw out our scores, anybody? I think I said what I needed to say. I think everybody's say. kind of said what they said. I think so. Yep. Let's throw out our scores. One, two, three. I've got a solo cup. Solo cup. Solo cup. Solo cup. Wow. Solo cups all around. So not quite Brutok approved, but still an okay beer. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, if I was going to their brewery, I would have no problem ordering one of these and I would finish it happily. But I think I would be done at that point and might yeah. want to move on to something else. Yeah, I think so. Not I one agree. I'd be taking home, but yeah. would definitely I would enjoy it there for sure. We have to assume it's the same as on tap. Yeah. Yeah. In the can. So I I feel the same way. Yeah. I'll try it there and I'll probably we'll move to something different. Yeah. So where do we decide Crystal Springs was? Louisville. 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 So next time we're in Louisville, we'll stop by Crystal Springs. Maybe have a blood orange coals and sample what else? We could stop there on the way to Golden to get some Herman Joseph. Get some Herman Joseph. <laughs> there you go. Road trip. I like it. Yeah. Um, we've got another beer from uh, Mash Lab that we can uh, sample here. Yeah, if, absolutely. If Adam's willing to share. If Adam's I, willing to share. Yeah, we don't want to impose. I, or, I, I brought it in the <laughs> studio, so that'd be kind of odd. Well, you <laughs> know, this is all mine. And you said it's kind, <laughs> of, back. kind of one of your signature beers? It's or? it's one of our flagship beers. Uh, uh, yeah, feel free. Uh, the Palisade Peach Tune-Up. Uh, it is... Uh, Far and away, our number one seller uh, uh, year round. Um, uh, so this is a uh, it's a cream ale base uh, with uh, uh, peaches and uh, a touch of vanilla, and uh, it's yeah. Oh wow! It's it's a people pleaser for sure. Yeah, it, I mean, definitely can Very smell the peachy, peachy on the speech on the nose. For but sure. I'm glad that you said the vanilla, and I'm I'm picking that up just a hint of that. So that was kind of interesting to go. Yeah, a little bit of. I mean, at least from a nose I mean, perspective, Very peaches and cream, mm-hmm. late summer, early fall kind of. Oh wow! I'm liking it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why this is your bestseller. Yeah, <laughs> it's got a great mouthfeel too because it's like it finishes. And Doc, you talk about this all the time, where it kind of finishes to the point where you want another sip. Mm-hmm. And that I definitely get that out of this one. I'm like, wow, this is a fun, enjoyable, good beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, ex- exactly. I think uh, um, this is the kind of beer that finishes. It doesn't linger too long. It lingers a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing because now you remember what it tasted like. Yep. And it's just inviting you to take another sip and put the glass up to your nose to get another whiff. So so when you're brewing this beer, I mean, we all hear about peach beer, fruit beers and, and beers. How many peaches go into a batch of this beer and... And do you, do you source them all from the same orchard, or how does um, it go? Well, so uh, to be able to do it uh, as a year-round beer, we're not able to actually work with an orchard, okay. uh, sadly. Uh, so uh, the the whole fruit we get through uh, uh, Oregon fruit puree, okay, and um, uh, we're we're using uh, what about two hundred pounds of uh, the fruit puree? Wow! And then uh, to help. Uh, bump up the uh, the the peach character in there. Uh, use uh, a product from a company called Amaretti. Okay, um, and it's a 
Yeah. Uh, that's a it's a peach uh, fruit concentrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that way I'm not putting so much more sugar and so much more uh, fruit juice into into my beer. Or that crank up like alcohol levels. And, either, either crank up or dilute, yeah. depending on what the what the uh, the degrees bricks would be yeah. on the on the fruit puree. Um, so all told, if um, if if I were doing it with just pure peach, then I'd probably be uh, somewhere in the uh, eight to nine hundred pounds per batch. Holy cow! Wow. Yeah, yeah, we tried to, yeah, we tried a strawberry impossible. one like that, and I can attest that he's telling the truth here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we used strawberry juice and in a seven barrel batch. I only had to brew like four barrels of actual beer. Yeah, wow. and the other three barrels were <laughs> strawberry, strawberry juice. juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, like strawberries, uh, peach is one of those. Uh, like when you eat a peach, it's intense and very mm-hmm. full character. Very, yeah, the moment you try to put it in beer, it just disappears. Just kind of mm-hmm. it. It just it gets lost in the in the maltiness. If there's any amount of maltiness in your beer, then it's it's gone so quickly. And uh, so yeah, it, uh, the 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 fruit concentrates are kind of the the way you have to go uh, uh, to make it economical, especially sure. in, a, in a production yeah. setting. And to also just punch that flavor, which you really kind of need to do sometimes. Oh well, yeah. I mean. Uh, there's there's nothing I hate more than somebody that has a puts out a fruit beer and the fruit's just limping into the into the game. It's if it's going to be fruity, then am I my thought it it should be right there present in your and very very forward in the beer, you know, not punching you, but um, clear that it's. Uh, that's the the character. Of the that's beer. what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. it's the, a dominant it's, flavor. Yeah, the dominant flavor, the the, gotcha. the driving yeah. force. Don't go too subtle on fruit flavors, right. otherwise they get lost. Yeah. yeah, yes. So, Adam, what do we have to look forward to? What's coming up in Mash Labs repertoire? Or new beers coming out soon? Or yeah, well, so we got that Imperial Stout uh, series that's going to be coming up. Uh, the goal is to have that out by uh, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be uh, four uh, different flavors and then the base uh, barrel-aged version of it. Uh, so those will be available in 500 uh, mil bottles. Uh, we're going super crazy fancy. They're yeah. going to be wax-sealed. and Very nice. Um, and we'll be having a, a, a tapping release of those as well at the same time. Um, the uh, Mexican chocolate stout is coming back out again. Um, Another one of my wife's favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it won't be quite as spicy this year. Last year's uh, uh, got away from the little a little bit and uh, was hotter than most people could handle. Uh, so uh, you get a you get a uh, you know a five ounce pour of it and uh, be sweating bolts by the end of it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> uh, and then uh, let's see here. You know, we're we're constantly doing new uh, hazy IPAs. Uh, I'm going to be having a new Super Session Pilsner coming up. Uh, it's going to be 3.2% ABV, uh, but have tons of character in it. And uh, there's all going to be something new coming out at Mash Lab. That's great. Well, thanks to Adam from Mash Lab Brewing for coming out and kind yeah. of telling us me. about what you guys got going on and what you're all about. Doc, anything exciting coming live, up? Live music on Friday with Mountain Duo and uh, getting ready to watch some more football this weekend. There Sounds great. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you soon.